0: Welcome to another episode of Open World. Hi, Ali, Hi, Meli. Hi, Santi. Today we have a very special guest with us. Santiago started teaching MemoQ back in 2017, and now he's a solution engineer in MemoQ's gaming hub. He's also a video game translator and has helped localize dozens of games. As a solution engineer, his main job is to help MemoQ's clients make the most of the software by providing training and workflow consultancy sessions, as well as to present the full range of products to game developers, publishers, and localization agencies. So if you're a translator, if you work with a localization company, you probably know MemoQ, right? <laughs> and, and you Santi, probably welcome. know Santi
1: as
2: well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> like, yeah, like MemoQ's
3: rock star. We love him. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, because... come on, guys, you're making me blush already. <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, uh, Santi. And uh, can you start telling us something about like yourself, your story, how you became a gaming solution engineer for MemoQ?
2: Sure, my origin story first, let me get in focus. Here you go. Um, okay, so uh, first, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so happy. Uh, to talk to you, to talk about games, to talk about MemoQ. Uh, That's always something that makes me excited. Um, As you said, I'm also a video game translator, and I started working at MemoQ later, okay? So let me tell you a little bit about that. Um, First of all, as a translator, I didn't learn about game localization at university. I don't know what was your cases or your colleagues... Yeah, yeah I constant, have no right. idea, I mean I played games, I suppose I should have known that those games got translated by translators, but for some reason I didn't make that connection, you know, uh, until I I joined a talk on video game localization organized by my local association and I said, uh-huh, maybe that's what I should be doing because I love that uh so that was that was a crazy moment an eye-opening moment for me i was actually a technical translator before that i was translating documents on environmental conservation which has nothing to do with games nothing to do. Um, so even though i enjoyed it that wasn't really my passion right um so once i learned about game localization i just went all in on that started learning Uh, taking courses, reading, playing more in Spanish because I'm an English into Spanish translator. And yeah, I finally got my first localization gig. Actually, it was quite simple. I answered to a job post. I was sent a test. I passed it and I started working on my first couple of games, which are actually probably the biggest titles in my CV at the moment. I cannot really mention them because of yeah, uh, We know. Um, yeah, no more. Right? Yeah, we know how it is. We also yeah. would like to
0: make a shout out to include translators in the credits. Please, like, this is long <laughs> yes. overdue oh, this already. sort of
1: thing doesn't happen anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the trend is changing, fortunately. But well, um that wasn't the case when I started out a couple, of, no, not a couple, more than a couple of years ago, uh, but things started changing rapidly very recently. Um, so yeah, nowadays I work directly with developers as a translator mostly, uh, but I mostly translate mobile games uh, right now. Uh, lots of Chinese clients, I enjoy working with them. I have direct contact, so that's also uh, very nice. And when it comes to MemoQ, as you said, I started teaching it back in 2017, more or less, Um, but I was just an independent trainer. Uh, I enjoyed the tool, so I said, why not? Let's start sharing it with other people. Uh, And it was funny because I slowly started getting closer to the company. Um, I was first approached by the marketing team because I was bugging them on Twitter every time I was mentioning uh, (laughs) (laughs) MemoQ, so they said, "Okay." Let's organize something with this guy. Uh, they were looking for someone to deliver webinars in Spanish. And I was there like, hey, I speak Spanish. Let's do this. The right time, the right time I'm place. already <laughs>
0: doing this. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> doing, doing this. <laughs> this.
2: But it, it's crazy. I mean, everything started thanks to Twitter, actually. Um, wow. Yeah. And he,
0: thanks to I, Twitter I, I... and you putting yourself out there too, right? It's yeah. Just...
2: That's crucial. Yeah. A little so, bit of both.
1: Did the things that you were doing before jumping into video game localization and then onto MIMICU, um did it help in any way, or in what different ways did it help you? Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Video game localization? i mean,
2: industry, industry knowledge, I think that's super useful, and that's key to being. Uh, or at least to getting into the localization industry in general and then into MemoQ. I mean I'm always telling students that anything you know and you love in your life right now any hobbies can be useful for your future translator uh, let's say as a professional translator Um, so yeah of course Uh, even if I was translating technical documents I was already working as an in-house linguist for an agency so I was inevitably learning about business management right. systems, which mm-hmm. now integrate with MemoQ. So thanks to that, now I know how, let's say, Plunet works. Um, so of course, everything everything is is useful as a linguist and now as a solution engineer.
0: So I'm going thanks. to make a question here to be like uh, for the audience that maybe is just starting into the localization field that wants to go in but doesn't know the difference, for example, between a machine translation, CAT and what is a TMS, right? Um, so, you are the expert. I will let you speak. Please, enlighten <laughs> us.
2: <laughs> okay, expert is a huge word. I'm just a guy no, knows a little bit about this. Um, okay, let's see. We have three acronyms, right? TMS, CAT, and MT. Let's start with CAT, which is probably the, 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 the well-known term uh, for translator students. A CAT tool is a computer assisted tool, translation tool or computer aided translation tool which is basically a piece of software that helps you translate, okay, as a translator. So you open the tool, you have a translation grid, source target and you translate. That's basically it. Then you have a TMS which is a translation management system uh, which is like an environment that was built on top of a CAT tool, right? So, uh, MemoQ, it was originally a CAT tool and now became a TMS because it's a, let's say, a a big collaboration tool, okay, that helps you manage all your projects in the cloud um, and makes linguists work in collaboration together. So, in a TMS, you not only translate, but you manage all those translations, you add resources to those projects like the well-known translation memories and term bases and more, Uh, but that's why it's called a TMS at the moment. Uh, So just FYI, a translation memory is like a huge database of translations, so everything that linguists translate is stored in the translation memory and then that information is leveraged and reused, okay, in the future. Uh, So that's like the brain of a TMS in a way. And, On the opposite side of things, you have machine translation, which is automatic translation. So everything I've mentioned before is human. Okay, it's just a result of human work. So as a translator, I translate. That is stored in the translation memory and then reused. However, all TMSs in general can be integrated with machine translation engines. Okay, machine translation engine is something like Google Translate or DeepL. Those are like well-known, just like out-of-the-box engines but there are many many more and you can actually train your own custom machine translation models which is a great thing that is getting more and more popular and I think that could be especially useful for the gaming industry because as we know every game is different, Um, terminology is completely made up sometimes so being able to train a machine translation model with your own previous translations and translation memories I think that could be a big plus uh, because sometimes all these like commercial out-of-the-box engines don't work very well with games, but custom ones can be better. Of course, I don't yeah. know if it was clear. <laughs> that was yeah.
3: very clear. Thank you so much. And uh, is this like the transition from a casual to a TMS was also part of like being able to integrate the machine translation engines? Uh, was that part of the process? You know.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, the base CAT tool is just usually um, uh, a TM, yeah, translation memory, and a glossary. So the more things were added to it, the the more complex the software became. And yeah, uh, when you add collaboration in it, I think that's when things start getting into the TMS territory. But of course, yeah, adding MT engines is also an evolution of the CAT tool in a way.
0: Yeah, and I'm just thinking here as a gamer, as a video game consumer, right? I've played some games that developers have only used machine translation and dear God, I'm Yeah, it <laughs> so... misses
1: the mark. It misses the mark. Uh...
0: Um like I think it's a good thing for some cases, but I don't think the like machine translation or artificial intelligence is like well developed to deal with some creative issues like you can find in some video games right for example so that's like that's my opinion in in the in the subject of machine translation that's why I'm scared, but not as a translator as a consumer right as a
1: consumer <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that again as a gamer I'm scared because I think that at least nowadays, it 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 misses the mark on so many things that make it make a game. It's hard, right? But it may be a tool at some point in time for translators to implement and to use. I think. That
0: yeah, also, I... Like, maybe yeah. If you train like MT to do like all the legal stuff and everything, that's a plus right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, what you, when you're dealing with like uh creative issues i think just like seeing a translator to work with memoq and and to express that creativity is key for me
2: yeah at least yeah yeah I, i completely agree um in general, machines are not very funny, so creativity.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, humor. Humor <laughs> is definitely one of the things that are still like nowadays. Is that one of the things that it can really like AI can really tackle very well?
2: Yeah, yeah, but you can clearly see a trend here. Oh, the, the little cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly see we mentioned cats you know. and farming.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can see a trend like more, more probably, more technical fields. Uh, in which MT is more popular, but the more creative fields still don't have really MT being, uh, uh, let's say, the, the standard. I don't know. I'm thinking about literature. I'm thinking about marketing, you know, yeah. uh, very, um, the, the, those texts that are client facing, they need an eye for detail. And the same thing happens with games, especially when you don't have the context, which is one of the main challenges. The main challenge. Oh, my God. Me.
3: Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. without context,
2: it's hard for us, you know, human translators that can think, imagine how hard it will be for a machine. They have no yeah. idea what's going on. No idea what's yeah. going on. No. No. <laughs>
3: yeah. And it shows. For, you know, it shows on the final product. We're talking 2023, so we'll see in a few years how we feel about <laughs> yeah. Um And going back to... Um, the, the video game localization. Um, Santi, what would you say? Like, how can a TMS like MemoQ help, uh, you know, a video game translations? What are the main challenges when translating a video game that, you know, at, like MemoQ could help?
2: Okay, okay. Uh, I could speak for a couple of hours, maybe, about challenges in game localization, um, but I'll try to be brief. So, uh, let's see. I mean, I can think of many challenges as a translator, and I can now see many other challenges being a solution engineer at MemoQ, because I work with developers and translation and localization agencies. So they could be split in two. Uh, Let me try to identify a couple for each group. Um, Let's see, terminology. I think the terminology is a key word here. Uh, It's a challenge for both the linguists, but also the companies. Um, because you need to be consistent with terminology. and I, as I already said, sometimes terms are completely made up. We don't have gaming dictionaries. I mean, there are some out there, but just for simple terms that come up in games, technical terms, but terminology Nothing in specific, a game, yeah, yeah, you cannot really anticipate what's going to <laughs> to be in a game when you're translating. Um so that's. That's a big challenge. Uh, fortunately, trans, um, terminology management in MemoQ is quite simple, uh, but it's also very comprehensive. You can add uh, synonyms, you can add grammar information, and you can even add images for, for terms. So I think that's a, a really nice thing. Uh, with MemoQ, I know it's not as simple in other tools, so I'm always highlighting how MemoQ manages terminology. And well, for lack of context, We're still not the best tool ever, but we offer live docs, which is a nice feature. It's like having a corpus or maybe even like a Dropbox folder embedded in the tool where you can add files, reference material, images, and everything in there will be shared among the translators and linguists in general. So that's a nice way of making up for the lack of context. Um, So that can be good for the linguist, of course. but as a result, for the gaming company, too. Yeah. Um, I can see a trend in tight deadlines in general. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's your experience with that, (laughs) but, (laughs) you know, I still don't think that uh, localization is considered, like... At the beginning. uh, Yeah, from the beginning, it's really not a priority. Mm. And, of course, I understand why, but sometimes gaming companies remember about localization when it's too late. So, uh, people need to work <laughs> fast. Yeah, That's that yeah. the truth. Um, fortunately, there are some really nice efficiency features for linguists in MemoQ. For instance, I really enjoy using Autopic and Web Search, for example. Those two features help me work quite a little bit faster. And for instance, you can also customize shortcuts. You can use views. I don't know. There are many little uh, efficiency features that I enjoy as a linguist. Um, Then for gaming companies, again, or even agencies, file import can be a pain in the neck uh, because file formats in gaming companies or for games in general, they are not always following the same standard. So they differ a lot. They need to customize how they get those files into MemoQ. And I'm happy to say that filters in MemoQ are highly customizable and very powerful. So with the right technical knowledge, you can easily uh, make sure that the translatable content is imported in the tool and whatever shouldn't be translated is just left out or protected uh, so that the linguists don't make changes, let's say, in the code or in placeholders or in tags by mistake, okay? Uh, So for doing that, there's a nice feature called Regex Tagger in MemoQ, which uses regular expressions and will actually help you uh, protect those placeholders and tags. They will turn into tokens so that the linguists cannot really uh, delete them, let's say, by mistake. Mm-hmm. Um yeah I mean there are more so speaking of regular expressions if you are a little bit of a nerdy translator uh you can use them I like regular expressions even though I'm a very basic user but even no- knowing just a tiny bit of regular expressions can be very beneficial both for the linguist but also for the gaming companies or agencies okay because you can create custom filters with that um you can I don't know create advanced bind and replace rules as well. That's also really useful. Um, And yeah, I mean, getting into the enterprise side of things, there are a couple of nice things that MemoQ offer, like integration with business or content management systems. I already talked about, let's say, Plunet, but we can also integrate with Gridly for content management systems. And that's very useful because people, want to save time, Uh, so for saving time you need integrations, you need automations, and then you have templates as well in MemoQ. So yeah, I mean, the company is always looking for ways to uh, help companies save time and just try to reduce manual work in general. Yeah,
0: time is money. Time is
2: money, yeah. Yeah, It's very
1: interesting to see how uh, a TMS like MemoQ can can and does indeed help both the linguist and the companies as well. So that's very interesting to have like both perspectives, Sandy. Thank you. Yeah,
2: uh, I, I agree with you. Um, and and other tools don't really think of linguists that much. I think that's that's quite unique about MemoCube, But you can clearly see why because it was a company founded by linguists. Actually, yeah. right. So Yeah, and clearly
0: it's like the, the go-to choice by all linguists. Like everyone I speak to, they were like, no, yeah, I work with most." Especially in
1: video mm-hmm. game localization. Same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: especially. Yeah,
1: in- yeah. sure. Kind so in, in this spirit of a company uh, built by linguists, um, how do you think that the localization field evolved over the years? And maybe the second part of this question, it's always... I wouldn't say dangerous, but it's, also, it's always, like, mysterious. What do you think that the future holds for it?
2: Huh. That's a very deep question. <laughs> Let's see. Let's, Let's see focus on the first play. half first. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we talked about crediting already. I think that's an, an amazing positive change and trend. Um, so I cannot mention some of the games I've worked on maybe five years ago, because this wasn't a thing. But nowadays, I see colleagues that are just starting out. They happen to work <laughs> on a really big game, and they can freely mention it. And I'm so happy for them. I'm a little bit jealous, too, I have to say. But <laughs> the popularity in crediting is an amazing yeah. thing that's happening. So hopefully, that will just become the standard in the future. Uh, so, hopefully. yeah, I'm very happy about that. It's then People talk put up the
1: work... Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's people who put up the work for the game to be accessible for many, many people playing all over the world. So yeah, sorry. Yeah,
2: translators do a really, really hard job. So it's it's just natural to credit them. Uh, for some people, that that may mean nothing. You know, ah, no one reads the credits. I've I've seen uh, I've seen that. But for you. It's it's a really big thing. And also, it's a nice way of justifying showing your work and getting better clients in the future.
0: Absolutely. And I'm the person that as soon as the game finishes, I will stay sitting and reading the credits. Because (laughs) I think that's like the good job moment, the clapping moment. Like, yes, thank you for this. But yeah, I say through the credits, like, and I'm not ashamed to say it.
2: (laughs) That's very nice of you, actually. It's it's worth it already, then, if one person reads the credits. I will um, be reading yeah. your
0: translators, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, we, we also talked about machine translation. I don't think that's going anywhere. I think it's actually going to be more and more popular in the future. Um, we also said that it's not perfect at the moment. I don't think it will ever be perfect. It will always yeah. be needed. I mean, the linguists, uh, at one point or another, there will be the need for someone to review that. But working now at MemoQ and also uh, as a linguist, I'm seeing more and more machine translation post-editing requests. Um, I don't love that because I prefer to uh, start translating from scratch myself. That's when I'm more creative. Because when you read an existing translation, your mind is like locked on that. And you're just trying to fix it instead of providing the best uh, translation possible. At least that's my experience with post editing. No, I agree.
1: I agree.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, but I also have to say that more and more companies are being interested in this. So um, it's not going anywhere, especially with the popularity of AI lately and ChatGPT. All the clients seem to be asking about ChatGPT and what MemoKey is doing about it and what's the future of it. So This could be good. I mean, because new tools are always great. Of course, I work at a translation technology company. I'm all in for new technology advancements. But this will also create some, let's say, some uh, ideas. Uh, Some people seem to believe that AI will just make localization uh, a two-day thing. You know, you can just localize a million words in a week because of AI. It will just make things super, super easy and fast. So both as a linguist and also as a solution engineer, I think I'm having more conversations about this than I would like to. Yeah. Uh, it's hard sometimes to keep clients' expectations, you know, at bay. Um, yeah, but there's I mean of course, this is a technology. Gaming is a technology, a uh, technological industry, so people know a lot about that, but sometimes they just don't, and they have the wrong idea about what a, what it can do and what it cannot do, so yeah, I yeah, mean, it's
0: about educating too.
2: it's not magic, but I think we'll have to deal with it more and more, yeah, I don't know yeah what, what what's your opinion about this? but,
0: yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. agree, like one hundred percent um I want to yes. go back. For the audience that it's starting or wants to go for the video game localization world. Um, and I wanted to ask you because this is something that I got asked a couple of weeks ago when I was giving a talk um, into my alma mater uh, back in Cordoba, right? Uh, so, what skills and qualities do you think are necessary for someone to succeed in the localization field? I want to know your opinion because as I said earlier, I think you're the expert here.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay, thank you. I really like talking about how to get into the industry with students or just newcomers. I think the priority is just to be a great translator, Okay, Linguistic excellence. You're going to be a translator. You're not going to be playing games. So first and foremost, do your best to be the best translator. I think that's, that should be number one, uh, okay? Of course, if you're a gamer, if you have a passion for games, you will be even better then. But I know great translators who don't play games, I they translate games and they are great at it. So I think that should be the priority. I also know gamers that believe they are that they can be great gaming translators just because they play games. And again, it helps a lot but it shouldn't be the priority, in my opinion. Uh, Of course, if you're a great translator and you play games, then that will help you mostly make up for the lack of context that we mentioned over and over again. Uh, So, let's say you're translating a MOBA game. If you have no idea about MOBAs, then you will run into random words that are thrown at you, and maybe you won't even know what that is, okay? What that means, what a lane is, uh, you know, main specific uh, concepts that are specific to those genres. So um, this works like any other uh, industry, right? If you want to translate medicine and you're a doctor, you will be a much better translator than someone who knows nothing about medicine.
3: Yeah.
2: And for us... It's another well, field.
1: It's another field yeah, it's, of work. You need your another expertise. Field.
2: Exactly. So knowing the subject matter will make you a better translator. So fortunately for us, that means playing, uh, being up to date with industry news. It's fun, right? To to become a yeah. better gaming translator. Um, so of course that helps. And also, well, having an eye for detail, that's always useful for translators, especially reviewers. But if you have that skill, you can also become, let's say, a QA manager, you can get into testing. There are so many things you can do in the gaming industry. Yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. I think there's something for everyone. So let's say you're a people person, you're very organized, you're efficient, uh, you can be a PM, you can work in sales, maybe like you guys. There's something for everyone. And of course, you can compensate uh, with the translation knowledge, okay? So everything is combined in this industry. And finally, I think that getting technical is also a very good way of growing in the industry. Um, For instance, working at MemoQ, I talked to localization managers at huge gaming companies, and What they all have in common is that they know the tools that they use inside out. Not only MemoQ, but every single tool they use. But they also know about, let's say, databases, SQL, scripting, coding, engineering. Of course, they don't do that probably, but they have some degree of knowledge. So yeah, I mean, I think that's saying something. Definitely getting more technical can help you land better jobs. Maybe you can get into localization engineering, which is also uh, a nice opportunity. That it's not explored a lot in university when you're studying translation, but it's also uh, a good possibility. So there you have some some ideas on how I to get started.
3: It. Yeah, thank you so much, and it's also great great advice. I think everyone for everyone listening, and especially you know anyone who wants to start as a video game localizer and they have some. Uh, maybe wrong ideas about how to work. <laughs> yeah, I yeah,
2: I was trying to to find some, you know, industry specific recommendations because, of course, yeah. then you can just get into translation, and the the, the the skills that you need are shared. But I think that the gaming industry can be very, very special. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
3: Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, talking about that, uh, we have our final question for you, and this is going back to back to you. (laughs) Thank you for all the recommendations. Now we go back to you. We want to know uh, what is that you enjoy the most about working in in localization and what keeps you motivated in this field?
2: Well, I think that variety is a spice of life in general. That's what keeps me excited about things in general in my life. So you will find a lot of variety in games. Uh, both in localization or doing something else in the gaming industry. Again, maybe you're working as a PM at a gaming company, development company, and one day you're working on a MOBA, then maybe you're working on an FPS, and things suddenly are very different. The same thing will happen to you as a linguist if you're translating, especially if you're a freelancer. You will work with different clients, different agencies, So every single game will be completely different. Um, You know, as a translator, I'm sometimes translating games about World War II, and then I'm translating game about a witch that fixes houses, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's super, super diverse. Uh, That keeps me excited, interested, but it's also a challenge, of course, because Uh, You're constantly having to come up with new translations, new words to research, Yeah, Yeah, get used to different target audiences. Maybe you're translating games for adults, and then you're translating games for children or translating technical games like, I don't know, uh, cars or sports, and then a fantasy world. So yeah, it's very challenging. It's very satisfying. And it can be a little bit stressful sometimes when you're working (laughs) (laughs) on tight deadlines. But I think that's what I like the most, actually. I don't get bored. I mean, having worked in a more technical field in the past, I was doing the same thing every single day. And I ended up hating it in a way. So right now, I don't really get bored. I think that's the best thing ever.
0: That's awesome. That's That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much, Santi, for your time. Thank you for joining us. Um, This is it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Open World. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah. Thank you so (laughs) much.
1: Don't forget (laughs) to follow us (laughs) on all of our social media. We'll leave Santiago's social links as well. And see you Down below
0: or everywhere. Bye-bye. Thank you. you.
1: Bye-bye.